thing we're talking about today is unforgiveness. Just realize there are four words I want you to kind of to hold you to today as we get ready to, to hear this and then go home. First is to stop, to go reconcile and return. So you're going to stop, then you're going to go, you're going to reconcile, and then you're going to return. So do you want to be blessed? Do you want to walk in power? You need to forgive and forgive everyone. I know for years, and I, and I failed to do it um, as a dad, I, I should have, and we wanted to, but didn't do it. You know those things that you try to, to put together for the kids, and you know, me and Hunter, we wanted to take a trip out to Arkansas, and, and of course he was, what, 13, 14, you know, he's in that stage of, let's find things, let's discover, let's, let's you know, and I said, let's go to the diamond mine and dig diamonds. He goes, yeah. So I went on YouTube and checking it out, you know, the, the, I went there as a kid, so I wanted to see what's going on currently the land of craters, right? The land of diamonds or whatever. I mean, you can find diamonds there. I mean, they literally, they plow the ground, I don't know how often, maybe once a month. Um, sometimes it rains, you're able just to walk through and find diamonds. Or you can dig, but you can't take any equipment there, like, you know, your big big old Honda mower thing or whatever. You, know, you can't, you know, digger. You can't take that. You can just go there with buckets and shovels and do your own excavating. And so I said, let's do this. So I researched it, and I found these guys I'll tell you the story. I probably told you the story before. I tell it, so my wife's like, oh, my gosh, you told the story before. But uh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. But um, there's these two guys that live there, and they pay like a $10, $50 charge in order to camp out on property. They live there. That's where they live. And they have those pickle buckets and shovels. And that's all they do is every day they get up, and, they, you know, you make their own fake screen thing, and they kind of, you know, they're doing the mud thing, right? And they're, they're, they're sifting through trying to find diamonds. Um, and they tell you about it on, on YouTube. Just, oh, yeah, here I am. And oh, we found these two little, I mean, so they found two. I mean, I mean, no, nah, I mean, awesome. What are you going to do with it? You're going to put on a little, I don't know. That's their whole life. They're searching for diamonds. And I just heard, I guess it was last year, they found probably one of the biggest diamonds there. So I'm thinking, man, me and James or Hunter, we missed it. We missed it. I should have taken them there. We didn't. What a failure as a parent, right? We've all failed, right? Um, you know, he, now he's like, whatever, I don't want to go. But, you know, you, you find those times where you can find those teachable moments or those fun moments. You just got to go with it, right? You just got to go. And so I missed that opportunity. But um, as you searched for diamonds and as we looked as a child and as I searched through Scripture and I researched and I look and I, and I just want to know him better, he wants to communicate with me. And the more I check in, the better, the better I am at forgiving others. The more I check in, the more he goes, James, did you know all through my word that I wrote that I love you and that I forgive you? I wrote it all through there. He goes, matter of fact, in Psalm 103, James, which I love that psalm. You know, I love that psalm. He lists all the benefits. He says the first benefit you have being in Christ is that he forgives all your sin. That's a good thing, isn't it? I like that. Did you realize we've all fallen short? Anybody here fallen short? Huh. Every day I fall short. We all, right, have hurt somebody. No, not me, Pastor James. I, I don't have hurt nobody. I, okay, maybe you didn't mean to, but probably did. Um, we've all need forgiven, don't we? Well, let's listen to some scripture here as we kind of head in to our two parts of scripture today. We're going to head to Genesis 50. We're going to be into Genesis today. So just go to the first book of the Bible, and we're there, okay? There we are. 
we're in the book of Genesis. Here we are, just some scriptures that kind of help us is kind of kind of whet our appetite. Uh, Matthew 6 says, 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Now, this next part I don't like. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. So if I hold a grudge from my auntie that did something to me 20 years ago, then he's not going to forgive my sin? Just let me read the verse again. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward, right? See, and that's why sometimes we probably don't read portions of scripture like, oh, don't go, oh, don't go there. Let's go over here. This is, oh, yeah, bless the Lord of my soul. Yeah. But go over here and it says, you know, uh, right? We get to where we know scripture. And so look at Isaiah 1.15. It says, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. That's the Lord says that. What? He hide, Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. That's Jesus saying that. Why would he say that? Your hands are full of blood. Oh, that's why he doesn't do it. Because why? Because we have, what, hurt someone. Isaiah 59 and 2. But, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. I mean, I don't want you, but when I go to my prayer time every morning and during the day as I'm driving and I'm talking to the Lord, I don't want him to go, oh, hi, James. Can't hear you. Can't see you. You have unforgiveness in your heart. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that funny how we go to Him? Especially when we fast and pray. There's something about fasting where you go into that time of fasting and the Lord goes, I hear you. I really hear you now because you're separating yourself and you're spending some time. I really hear you. Um, but there's just that one thing I want you to deal with first before I really hear what you have to say over here. So He always... Seems to me, like during that time, he goes, oh, um, let me kind of highlight this, James. I go, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about this. He goes, yeah, that's nice, but let's talk about this. And so that's what the way the Lord always seems to speak to me. How about Matthew 6, 12? And forgive us our debts as we also forgive those who trespass against us. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. How about this one? Peter came to Jesus in Matthew 18. He said, well, how many times must I forgive my brother, right? Okay, I'll forgive my brother, but how many times um, my brother or sister who sins against me? How many times? Seven times? What does Jesus say? He says the next verse, he says, I tell you, not seven, but 77 times. So, whew, 491, I cannot forgive. Thank the Lord Almighty. What is Jesus saying? He says, forgive every time. Serious? That person who continues to come back to you and says, I'm sorry, i got to forgive him again? <sighs> Sounds like a marriage thing, doesn't it? The longer I live with my wife, the more i got to keep saying sorry because I keep messing up, right? And I, I guess maybe now I just... Find it out more now because I just think about it more. Like, what have I done? I want to make sure I take care of it, right? Um, but when I was younger, I was out there making money, getting around, doing the right. I ain't got time to think about that. But now I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm starting to think a little more about 
well, maybe what I just said didn't go so well. Maybe, maybe I should have got her something and I have my big, oh, you wanted a coffee too? I didn't know. I, we're always thinking about ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. Well, Scripture has a way of kind of coming at you, doesn't it? So what came to your mind when you heard those Scriptures? When you heard those Scriptures, what came to your mind when it says, if you don't forgive others, the Father won't forgive you? Um, I have hidden my eyes from you. Or, you know, forgive those, forgive everyone. Um, forgive those who have debts against you, and so forth. Did a person come to your mind? An event? A situation? A coworker? Parent? Child? Boss? Neighbor? Brother? Sister? Friend? Husband? Wife? What came to your mind? I mean, we can stop right now, and your, your mind is already 20 miles away, right? You, you saw that situation, and possibly you haven't taken care of it. The time to forgive those who have offended you is now, today. Don't delay. It's time to deal directly and honestly with any resentment you currently hold against anyone. Let me kind of highlight the importance of forgiveness. Let me listen to some scriptures again. Just sit and listen. It says in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Flip the coin, right? You're not so pure in heart. Yeah, we get the inverse of that, don't we? All right. Um, that's not what it says, Pastor James. Well, that's the way I read it. I just flip it. Yeah. Romans 12, 20. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay, right, right. Ephesians 4, 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. I never liked that verse. The wife always brings that up. Sun's going down. It sure is a beautiful. Oh, it's a beautiful sunset. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you for reminding me. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we were ready to punish Every act of disobedience, once your obedience is complete, take every thought captive. Hmm. What does ill will do in your mind? Ill will? Yeah, you know what it does. Take it captive. Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's what he says. So today, those four words, stop, go, reconcile, return, it comes from Matthew 5, 23, 24. It says this in Matthew as we enter in talking about unforgiveness. It says this. It says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. So if I come in one day and there's still something sitting here, I'm like, oh, okay, they're just out taking care of business. And then it says, To go, be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Sounds so straightforward, right? Yeah. That's why I like getting up early and just reading and let the Scripture clean because it's like a nice good shower. It's like, Father, oh my gosh. And then if I've offended somebody, 
then I've got to reach out to them some way. Um, I'll never forget one of my associate pastors years ago. I think he said he stole some fishing hooks from somebody when he was a kid. He had to mail some fishing hooks back to them. So I'm okay. So he mailed some fishing hooks back in a letter. I'm so sorry for stealing your fishing hooks. He needed to do that. Good. You know what I'm saying? So if you stole some fishing hooks from somebody back when you were 5 or 10 or whatever, and you need to get rid of that today, then go home today, write that letter out, and put it in the mail. All right? Or go by and knock on their door. <laughs> you didn't know this, but I... Take care of it today. Don't you want to be free? Who wants to be free? Yeah. I mean, free is good. Free is really good. And remember, as we go through this, that Jesus forgave you first. He forgave you first. Our first person, we always use him, is Joseph. Let's look in Genesis chapter 50. Genesis 50, look at the very last chapter of Genesis. Talks here of Joseph's life. He's about, uh, about to die. Um, here he is. Um, look at the bigger picture in the situation. It says here, when Joseph, in verse 15, brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us? I looked at the word grudge. It's a persistent feeling of ill will, a persistent nagging feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult. So here's Joseph. He's about, his, his dad's about to die, Jacob. His brothers are around him. You know the story. If you don't, you know his brothers threw him into a pit. They didn't like his dreams he had. They took him out of the pit, sold him to this caravan. He gets to Egypt. He gets falsely accused, sold this one guy, gets thrown in prison for several years, finally comes out, becomes like the second command of, of um, Egypt. And then now he's older, and his dad, finally, finally his brothers come. Oh, my goodness, here come his brother. They thought he was dead. His dad thought he was dead. And here he is now, second command of Egypt, and he's about, his dad's about ready to pass away. His brothers are like, oh, my goodness, dad's about to die. And here's Joseph, and he remembers all that we did. He's going to do something to us. He's a very powerful man, right? Um, and so Joseph says this as he's talking there. He says, so they sent word to Joseph saying, look, your father left these instructions before he died. At first I thought, well, they just kind of, are they lying or is this true? Um, this is what dad said. He said to Joseph, I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and, instruct, and, and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of your servants of a God, a God of your father. When their message came to Joseph, Joseph wept. <laughs> he was weeping. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. This is the fifth time they fell down before him. Remember the dream back at day one? This is the fifth time they fell down. It's amazing, right, how these dreams come true. Um, they fell down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? What great perspective. Am I in the place of God? I mean, how many of us would say that? We went through all of that. I'm talking years and years and years of issues I mean, I wouldn't want to spend a day in prison. He was there at least two years, minimum. Have you ever been to prison? I mean, no, no. Have you ever walked through it just to kind of get a little, get a little tour? It is not a, my brother took me through there. It is not a good place. It, it, it is very confining. You're kind of there. You kind of can't go nowhere. You're there with other people that aren't so nice. 
and you're behind these bars that don't look so good. That's very confining. Yeah, <laughs> we know some of you all have taken care of some guys in prison and different things. It's, it's a very confining place. So he spent years there. How, how can he now say, don't be afraid? Am I in the place of God? So maybe the things you're going through, you need to get a bigger picture. Maybe your life is like Joseph. He wants you to not be afraid. The Lord has you in his hands. Yes, it's hard. But he somehow, someway, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives. Wow. Okay, let's say we don't do what Joseph did. Let's just say we didn't forgive. Let's say we didn't. What happens when we don't forgive? We'll have difficulty dealing with wrong, the wrongs done to us. We'll rehearse the offense over and over and over. Remember the old tape recorders? Rewind, play. Rewind, play. You run it over and over in your mind. Of course, you've never done that, right? You've never. No, never. Resentment will take root in your heart, allowing bitterness to grow. You ever been around somebody that's kind of bitter? Ooh, ooh. Maybe it's because of past, I don't know. Just saying, maybe. Negativity will begin to affect other areas of your life. You become negative. You ever been around a negative person? Who likes that? Relationships, emotions, attitudes, even your physical health. It's possible it will rob you of joy and contentment. Yeah. Your emotional health will be damaged. You're not able to love others and accept love in return. You become... Eventually, despair will set in. Hmm. How do you stop the spiral? How do you stop the spiral? You just go to them and you say you're sorry. I know, it's really hard, right? No, it is, because you got to eat crow, right? And I, I get it. But isn't a nice night's sleep, forgiven and freedom, a great thing? Isn't that good? It's a good thing. Christ wants you to walk in freedom. And so we need to what? We need to forgive like Joseph forgave. And look at the bigger picture. Maybe you're going through because for the saving of, he, he saved a nation because of that. Okay, let's look at Jacob's life um, in chapter 32. Chapter 32, this is a really good um, person to look at here um, in Genesis. So as you look here in Genesis, turn there to chapter 32. And you'll see through, this is a really good text you can kind of read through today in your quiet time. I know you go home and you're just like, oh, it's the Lord's day, I'm going to read and relax and just read and fall asleep and read some more and, and uh, all those good things. I know we're all busy, right? Um, but spend some time with him today. Look here in chapter 32, and then as you got that marked, go back to 27 just for a second, and here's the problem that existed. Here is Jacob. He's one of the pillars. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? This is Jacob. This was Joseph's dad later on. So, the, uh, so here is Jacob now in his earlier years. Um, 27.41 says this, says, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of his blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother. <laughs> Don't you know that that got around the family? People says they will kill somebody, Right? I mean, things get, people start talking. So here is everybody talking. So what did Jacob do? He had to leave and run and hide 
at his uncle Laban's house, hundreds of miles away. He's there for 20 years. That's a long time, right? You have no you don't have a cell phone, you don't have TV, you have no way of knowing what's going on back home. You ever been gone from home for 10, 20 years? I haven't seen my family in Michigan in a long time, 20 years. I have no idea what's going on back there. I have no idea. So here is Jacob. He now has four wives. He has 12 kiddos. Um, he's coming back. He has all these sheeps and flocks and cattle and I mean he's got it's it's amazing what he has he has unbelievable amount of goods because he's he's been successful the Lord has blessed him and so it's amazing what's transpired and so here is Jacob he's coming back home because it's time to go home so there was a little issue there trying to get out of town but that cleared itself up um, so here is Genesis 32 and 6, it says, When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. <laughs> I love that. Why are these 400 men coming with Esau? What would you feel like? You're going out to meet your brother. Hey, whoa, there's 400 men with him. Uh, right? You got 400 friends? Wow. No. I'm thinking, right? What are you thinking? Whoa, it's payday, right? Have a good trip back. We love you. Enjoy your studies. Study hard. Um, you only got a few weeks to be done. Be back. So, can you imagine 400 men? Lord bless you guys. Thanks for coming today. 400 men? I'm thinking, it's over. My, so, what did, what, a, a servant came and said, look, he's coming back. So what would you do? Oh, my gosh, he has all these flocks and wives and kids and things. And he's like, okay. So he divides them into two big groups. Then he goes, if this group gets attacked, maybe this group can get away. You know how we, right? we all start doing things right in our head. Okay. And then this group here, okay, now you guys go in sections. Okay, you son and, and, and you wife, uh, wife one, take these and these cattle and you go on ahead. And then when you see my brother say, oh, this is, and they bow down to him and say, this is a present, a gift. Oh, so what do we do when we have trouble? We, we try to give them gifts, right? Right, don't we? Don't we give gifts to people like, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't, don't want to say I'm sorry. Just give them gifts, right? Things in the mail. No, you need to go personally, face-to-face -face if you can, and tell that person you're sorry. Yeah, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? But it's part of it. So they do, they do this, and he keeps sending these people and so, in great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people into two groups. We talked about that. Then, what do you do after all that's done? Well, you pray. What did Jacob do? He prayed. That's what he did. In 32, verse 9, he says this, Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives. Father, it was you who told me. All right, can you see him? You told me to go back. Um, I make you, and, and, and I'll make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown me. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I've become two camps. Save me, Father, I pray. Wouldn't you pray that prayer? Father, 
Save me. Save me. So what happens? After all these droves went, finally Jacob and Esau met, and they had, they, they embraced each other, they cried, they forgave one another. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a great, that's a great story at the end, right? Thank the Lord for that. It doesn't always end like that, does it? It doesn't. But in this case, it did. He did the right thing. He was showing us that we need to go to our brother, open up and say, I'm sorry. I am so very sorry for what transpired. He illustrated to us the importance of earnest, fervent, agonizing prayer in distressed circumstances. So, how long do you linger in prayer over those who offended you? Do you linger in prayer and pray for them? I can't say I pray a whole bunch for those. But I'm praying for my neighbor to be saved, those babies to be healed, um, praying for right certain things that happen, right? But to pray for that person who offended me? You want me to do what? What did Joseph do? He was praying. He showed us how to do that. So what kind of people ought we to be? Well, 2 Peter 3 says... This, it says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Oh, that's how we're supposed to live. Holy people, loving people, forgiving people. This is God's will for you. Let me read it again. Holy people, loving people, forgiving people. This is God's will for you. So stop, go to the person, reconcile, and then return. And then return. So what's the challenge today then, Pastor James, knowing that we've had two men that have showed us the way to address and go and ask forgiveness? So what do we do? First, make a plan to meet with God daily. Meet with Him daily and find out if there's anything, anything, Father, that is in my heart against someone, and He'll let you know. Make the plan. Make it today. Um, make that plan. I'm going to meet right here at this certain time, um, whatever it might be. You know, I remember when I was younger, I always had a, a small New Testament in my back pocket. I don't care whether I was at UPS or where I was at or in, in doing building woodcraft, whatever I was doing. I always had that, and I always, if I had like a five-minute break or whatever, I went to the restroom, I always pulled out, and I'd read maybe a paragraph. I read a paragraph. I don't think about it, and then keep rolling. Pull out again. In the elevator. Okay, read it. Okay. I'm at the grocery line, right? You're, you ever been in the grocery line for about five, ten minutes? Okay, either find somebody to tell about Jesus, okay, or read some scripture. Because why? You're just wasting time, right? The tabloids have nothing good to say, and then the Tic Tacs don't have much going on, um, right? And the candy bar is calling out to you, but forget that. Just keep walking through, right? It's okay to grab Just grab it, keep reading, and then uh, it's okay. So make a plan. Prepare to meet God. And then, oh, I like this one. I was reading some things, and one person said, why don't you just sing a song of repentance? I went, what? It's okay to sing a song of repentance. Maybe not to them, but to the Father, right? Sing a song. Ask God to forgive you. And then, how about you go to a trusted friend, and you spill your guts to him? Oh. Really? Oh. Why would I want to do that? So you can become accountable so that 
when you do go and you need to go and go today, take care of that situation, that you're what that you're accountable to the Frank and say, hey, did you go? Did you? Well, I was driving and I kind of got sidetracked. Well, did you go? Like you said you're gonna do? You, you need the scripture says you need to go and, and apologize. You know, David did that to Nathan. He did that in Psalm 51. Read Psalm 51 today. That's a good psalm to read. Therefore, it says in James 5, confess your sins to each other. It says, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. What does that mean? Is that physical? Is that spiritual? Absolutely, it's all of the above. You ever known somebody that's ill? They're ill. It's not because they're, it's they're ill because of unforgiveness. You can literally become ill from that. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let me give you a little wisdom today. Seven important things to remember for relationships. Intimacy should be earned, not freely given. Intimacy should be the reward for proven loyalty. True friendship is a gift, never a demanded requirement. When wrong people leave your life, wrong things start stop happening. When right people enter your life, right things begin to happen. If you fail to guard your own life, you're like a city without walls. Failure occurs when the wrong person gets too close. How about we do this? How about we practice Matthew 7, 24? It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What does Christ want us to do? He wants us to forgive those who have offended us now, today. Do not, do not delay. Seek Him. Make it a priority. And we already know by going through those scriptures what, we're, what we need to do. We need to do it right now.